Welcome to His Way Women's Bible Study with Linda Anderson. His Way Ministries is an interdenominational ministry established and committed to helping you experience a dynamic relationship with God. Now, here's Linda with this week's message. Do you know where I was? Where was I? With the children. With the children. <sighs> Feels so good. It's his way night. I am super excited about tonight and what God is going to do. He is pouring out. Seriously. Yeah. On five of us. Yeah. <laughs> no, really. God is doing amazing things right now. And in just a moment, Julie Ann will come forward. There she is. And give us an astonishing testimony. I want her. Oh, I'm still out of breath. I want Julianne. Go ahead and come up here and stand with me. I want her to give you the testimony to tell you a story. You have to come all the way up here. Because I want your faith to arise that God can do anything. So, are you ready, Julianne? Have you been running, too? (laughs) You know what? Why don't we, we'll pray, we'll go ahead and greet each other, and then you'll be able to sit down so that you can listen. Okay, why don't you just grab the shoulder of the person next to you? Go ahead and tell that person you're going to get you're just going to get your socks block, blown, blocked. Your socks blown off tonight by God. You're going to get your socks blown off by what God's going to say through you. Okay, let's pray. (laughs) Thanks, Lord. Thank you so much that it's his way night. Thank you, Lord. It's your night, Lord. It's his way night. Thanks, Lord. And so, Father, come, pour out your spirit. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Come and, Lord, just bring deliverance. Bring deliverance from the insecurity from those feelings of being isolated and alone. Oh, God, deliver us. Thank you that you're going to. It's your big plan, Lord, so thank you. Help us to not be afraid. Lord, help us to be, um, help us to be brave. Yes, Lord, I just minister the healing love of Jesus that casts out all fear, the healing love of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Pour your healing out like rain, oh God, on these women. Thanks, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. He's going to you, and the worship is going to be amazing. And Yes, in Jesus' name. Thanks, Lord. 
Okay, did you already hug each other? Did you? Okay, hug, hug at least five people. At least five. All right. Are you ready for a testimony? If you want to go ahead and be seated, the person next to me is Julianne King. Julianne King is a is a pillar. Seriously, God talks about does he talk about pillars in the church? Well, Tom and I talk about pillars in the church. Julianne is an amazing woman of God and a great friend. Here she is. It is so good to be in here sharing with friends. I'm just going to say right up front to the males in the room, I'm sorry if this gets awkward. Sorry. It is a women's event. Uh, I'm going to give you just a really quick backstory. (laughs) They got their earplugs in. Okay. Sorry, guys. Um, A year ago in February, so February of 2016, I went in for just some, you know, the annual mammogram, all that fun stuff, and um, I got a call back that they wanted to do more tests, not on one side, but on both. And so you can kind of imagine what was going through my head. Um, I had amazing women in the church, Pastor Linda um, and Carol, just kind of come and pray with me, walk me through that. Um, The next step was to go on to a a procedure or a a scan called a sonosine, very non-invasive, no radiation, nothing that was all good. Well, after that, they decided they weren't satisfied. They had narrowed it down to one side, but they wanted more tests. So... um, Step after that was an ultrasound. So I went in for an ultrasound. They were able to narrow everything out to just one spot. Of course, this was the day before we went to Disney World, and they told me that I needed a biopsy. So I scheduled it for when we were going to be back, left, went on vacation, did my best to enjoy myself, um, came back, had the biopsy, everything was fine. When they do a biopsy, they put a chip in, um, so I had to get another mammogram. Um, any of you that know me know I'm not a fan of mammograms at all, any type of radiation. I'm the one that gets patted down at the airport because, yeah. Um, so fast forward May 10th of this year. After that whole incident, um, and I was feeling nothing. I went in because it was annual, not because I felt anything. I was getting ready for a lunch date with a very dear friend of mine, and I felt a lump. It was very predominant. It was very obvious. Um, it was, you know... The kind of lump that they all, you know, they pass around those little uh, dummy things and have you feel. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's what that feels like. And, um, you know, peace. I just had total peace. Went, made a a doctor's appointment. They didn't have anything until June 27th. Um, Went about on my lunch date. um, Had my very dear friend pray for me. And I just had complete peace that God was in this. I knew from the very beginning that he was saying his kingdom was going to come. He was going to be glorified. Uh, and that was fantastic for about three weeks until May th- end of May. And all of a sudden, that end of June appointment wasn't looking so confident to me. And so I kind of started to panic, um, tried to manipulate things myself. But I got into the doctor earlier just specifically for that exam. And she went and she felt and she's like, yeah, you know, that's, um, that's concerning. We need to go ahead and get you a test. And I just felt very strongly from the Lord that he was saying no mammogram. And, of course, that went against everything that the doctors wanted to do. But I have a great doctor, and she stood by me. I said, you know what, let's just go straight to the biopsy, really. I I don't need more radiation. I don't need more tests. I don't need four more dates. Let's just go straight to the biopsy. She was on my side, tried to advocate for that. 
and um, wasn't hearing anything, wasn't hearing anything. She'd put the order in. No one was calling. And so first couple weeks of June, I was starting to panic a little bit and starting to make the phone calls myself. Okay, well, who'd you refer me to? I'm going to call them myself. I'm going to to get the appointment myself. And everywhere I called, I kept getting sent back to the mammogram. We can set up an appointment for mammogram. Just knew the Lord did not want me to have that. So I said, no, that's not what I want. It's my body. This is what I want. You all know in here it doesn't really work that way. And so um, I just, I had to make, I made an appointment for a Sonosine, which is something that I can pay for so I can schedule. And the first one that they had available was August 2nd. So I said, okay. And finally, the Lord just showed me what I was doing and, and how I was just kind of trying to manipulate things. And I just gave it all to him and felt his peace overwhelm me again. And then the calls started coming in. Hey, we got your order. I want to go ahead and set up an appointment for a mammogram. So I'm not supposed to have a mammogram. I'm supposed to have a biopsy. Oh, well, we didn't get that order. And I got three phone calls, ladies, three phone calls for a mammogram. And every time I told them, you know, that's not what the order's supposed to be for. And so I just left it all. I didn't get them done. And um, right before my um, actual test, the scan that I was supposed to get, I had just an annual appointment with my doctor. And I, about three days before that, I was following the Lord's plan for me, which was to take communion every day and to administer um, frankincense oil on the area. And about three days before that appointment, I went to go put the oil on, and I couldn't find the lump. I couldn't find it anywhere. And so, so I went in to the doctor, um, and she couldn't find it either. So needless to say, I um, called Pastor Linda and I said, hey, they can't find it. Now I'm just waiting for documentation. This is a miracle. This is a healing. I just, I'm just waiting for the documentation. So I went in on August 2nd, and then um, can I just... On August 5th, I got the notice from Renown. We wish to inform you that the result of your recent screening ultrasound examination is normal. So that was my documentation. Um, I just have, really quick, I have like one minute. Okay, the Lord, through all of this, really wanted to highlight three things for me, and I want to share them with you. And the first one is, don't always expect what God tells you to do to make sense. (laughs) His ways are not our ways. And I'm going to get the scripture here. Okay, so Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And then Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. None of this really made a lot of sense to me. Um, And the other thing he showed me is don't expect your walk to look like anyone else's walk. You know, I walked, um, we've had several women in our fellowship get healed of cancer. Some were able to go tell everyone and have people walk alongside them. Some were not. And I just have to believe that the Lord knew who I would have been inclined to tell and what their response would have been. And he was just keeping me from having seeds of doubt sown into my faith. And I'm so, so grateful that he told me to stay quiet. I was only allowed to tell really three or four people. So 
um, I was just really excited to see at the end of that how he covered every step of the way. And he knew exactly what I needed and when I needed it. Um, and then the last thing was um, don't, expect, don't expect the world to give you peace. It's just not what it's there for. It's not where it comes from. And then the two scriptures that the Lord led me to were um, Isaiah 26. I'm sorry, no, this is Psalm 121. It says, I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he watches over Israel, never slumbers or sleeps. The Lord stands beside you as you are protected. Whoops, I think it's by shade. My little button's over it. But protected by shade. Um, and it was just so true. Uh, the last one was Isaiah 26, 3. Um, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all those whose thoughts are fixed on you. So that's just what I have for you, ladies. Thank you. Now, many of you tonight, you have had a diagnosis from a doctor that you have believed and it has gone into your ears and has um, wrecked havoc with your thought life and just all kinds of things. And I have a word for you tonight from the Lord. Yeah. He's healing you. He's healing you. Only believe. All things are possible with God. Now, what happened with Julianne is real. It's real. It's doctor-documented, real-life healing by God. (laughs) And so as we go into worship time, I encourage you, just step forward with God. God. Step forward. Move forward with Him. Move forward in faith. So let's set our gaze on Him. And let's worship the Lord God Most High with all of our hearts. Worship was so good. I felt the wind, the... um, that gentle, refreshing wind of God's Spirit blowing in this place. So grateful. So, so, so grateful. How many of you notice there's no blanks to fill in on the outline tonight? There are no blanks. <laughs> what does that usually mean? It usually means that I don't think that it's you're going to get to fill them in. So I didn't give you any. <laughs> Part of the reason is, is because we have another amazing testimony tonight. And so I'll be sharing with you for probably maybe 15, 20 minutes. And then Marcy Santino will be sharing with you an amazing testimony that she shared with me one day in my office. She didn't do it in 10 minutes, but she will tonight. (laughs) But Marcy has an incredible story of how she came to Jesus, and you're going to want to hear it. 
It will give you great hope for your loved ones. Yeah, it, it will just increase your faith that God will move and he will save those you are praying diligently for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're expecting, aren't we? We are. We expect revival. We want to see what other nations and even our United States saw in the past where people ran to the altars, ran to God to get saved. I expect that. We do. We've been asking. He's been hearing. He's, he's, he can't resist answering. He's just too good. God's so good. Well, a month ago when we met here for his way, the Lord had given me a word that day. And so those of you who were here last, last month, you might have heard me open his way with a surprising word that the Lord spoke to me that day. And as I prayed, I shared it with you. And since then, I've had such a huge response and reaction to this word that we need to address it further. What the Lord said at the last his way is, Father God, Almighty God, he said that he wants a suicide-free zone. I had so many of you and so many people come to me and say, that was me. That was me. I'm the one who is tormented by that. And I realized that this is epidemic. Last night, I I finished writing one of the chapters in the new healing book that I'm getting ready to publish. And I was citing some statistics. The statistic that antidepressants have gone up more than Well, I could tell you how many were prescribed. 245,000 just last year, prescriptions. 100,000. Million. Now I got my numbers wrong. You're going to have to read the book. (laughs) Okay, that was a trick. If Holy Spirit brings numbers back to mind, then I'll give them to you. But the The fact is that the prescriptions that are being written for antidepressants in our nation to help people who are struggling with feelings of depression and suicide have gone up substantially while the suicide rate has gone up 30% in a decade. If the prescription drugs worked, then why is the suicide rate increasing? So we have an epidemic in our nation of reliance upon prescription drugs, which has gone up 80% in 20 years. Prescription drugs. Drugs being prescribed and people taking them. And so we have a, we've got a problem. We have a problem in our nation And we can solve it with the Lord. So God wants a a suicide-free zone, and he does not want his girls 
being harassed by that mean spirit. Part of the problem is what is also um, increasing exponentially. And even Marcy Ridpath, I'm glad you're back. I'm glad you're here tonight. She works for the NCAA. She works with the athletes that are disabled. And FOMO, fear of missing out, has actually become a real disease that people can get disability from about on campus. Yeah. Now, this whole problem, this fear of missing out, that is actually now called a disease, it is exacerbated by social media. Because people look at social media and they think that everybody else is getting together with friends, going to activities, um, having delicious food, all of these things. And then the enemy has a playground to come in and say, everybody else is having fun and doing great things except you. <laughs> Debbie, like studying the Bible. You got the key, girl. Yeah, you got the key. I have never had so many emails and so many individuals come to me in the history of my ministry and tell me that they feel isolated, that they feel alone, and they feel left out. Now, you might think that that's just Joe Blow or Jane Doe, <laughs> but it's it's people who are leaders, people who are, who are, look like they're in the inner circle, people who you have the illusion that they know everything and they're in this inner circle and they shouldn't ever feel left out because they're always in the know. And yet all of us feel those feelings. Now, we as women are heart relators. God made us heart relators. And consequently, we feel deeply. We have emotions, and we know how to use them. (laughs) Nettie, I was trying to remember what you said, and if you remember, okay, but if you don't, it's okay. Now you're going, oh, no. Um, (laughs) You have been to the Bethel Women's Conference And you told me that when men have competition, that it causes them to rise up. But when women feel competition, what? I'm going to give her the microphone. Well, she was saying it was Lisa Bevere, and she was saying that when men throughout history, and even now, even within the church, when they have competition, it's healthy, and it boosts them up. Like, they have this, like, fellowship that's like, ooh, that's good. I'm going to boost up to that. But when women have competition, they push each other down. And what Lisa said was, that's because there haven't been enough places at the table. But that's changing, right? That's changing now. Good job, Natty. <laughs> well, it was Lisa Bevere through you. Yeah. It was Jesus through Lisa Bevere. 
The fact is that we relate differently than men do. We're heart relators. My husband says of the church, he says the women are the heartbeat of the church, and as goes the women, so goes the church. By the way, he's a champion for women. He is not um, one of those guys who tell women to be silent in the church. He's one of those guys who fans into flame the gifts that God has given and says, go, girl, go. So as go the women, so goes the church. No wonder we are tempted with so many feelings. Recently, there was a young woman who was part of the fellowship who began to feel left out and began to post about it. And eventually, her whole family was out of church. Our influence is huge. Now, these feelings of being left out and these things that we have to combat, the those flaming arrows that come in and cause our emotions to get all riled up and for us to get upset. It is time for us as women to know how to manage that, to know how to go to God and get free, to hear what he says, and to be victorious. It is time for us to do that thing where we're building each other up. Yeah, fanning, fanning into flame each other. Because when somebody else, when, they do, when your sister does well, when your friend does well, it will not diminish your influence or your place. All it will do is it will, it will bring more light. And the more light, the more light. And the more light, the more light. The more the churches in our community flourish, the more the churches in our community will flourish. And the enemy will not have any foothold. And the purposes of God will go forward. So we have to learn to manage to conquer the negative emotions. Well, if you want to look at that sheet very quickly at the top of it, I've given you the great word from the Lord from Revelation 21.4, where he says, no, say it with me, no more tears. Now, I'm really sorry to tell you that it's not here on earth. Seriously, I'm really sorry. It's in heaven. Here it is from Revelation 21.4. God will wipe away every tear from your eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. God, he promised He will wipe away every tear. There won't be any more crying in heaven. Number one, currently there are lots of feelings swirling about, feelings of isolation, feeling invisible, feeling left out and alone. 
These feelings are illusion, they're temptation, and they are the voice of the enemy. Here's a recent email. I asked this individual for permission today, and she told me I could even tell her name, but I'm not going to. Okay, she said, I'm having a really hard time here. She lives out of state. I feel so much like a fish out of water. I don't have any friends. I've been going to a church, but it's too big and impersonal. I've tried to get involved in smaller groups. No one is very welcoming. I know God brought me here for a reason, but it can't be to isolate me and drive me further into depression, can it? I am only listening to Christian music and trying to keep the faith, but I am feeling so lost. I wrote her back and called her by name. Hi, said, I'm so sorry. I'm sitting here asking the Lord, what can I tell her? And I hear the Lord say, you are not alone. The Lord knows that the feelings are real. There you go. The feelings are real. The Lord doesn't say, stop being so silly. Those feelings are dumb. No, the Lord says those feelings are real and he cares. The Lord knows that the feelings are real regardless of the facts and he cares. You are not alone in the feelings either. I have had so many women, including those who appear to be on the inside, tell me that they feel alone. And I, Linda Anderson, have been fighting the same kind of feelings, which tells me it's in the air. What can help right now to lift the sadness? For me, I go and pour out my complaints to God and then wait until he lifts me up. It sounds so simple. And it's the answer. You can also call Pastor Nancy. (laughs) I want to skip to number three. Right, well, right below number two. Yeah, I want to tell you number two, too. Number two, everyone is tempted with negative thoughts and feelings at different times. Listen to how many of you have heard of Charles Spurgeon. Oh, I love his books. His books are so good. Listen to this about him. A great man of God, Charles Spurgeon, knew about battling feelings firsthand as he suffered from chronic depression. He wrote, depression comes over me whenever the Lord is preparing a larger blessing for my ministry. The cloud is black before it breaks and overshadows before it yields its deluge of mercy. Depression has now become to me a prophet in rough clothing, a John the Baptist heralding the nearer coming of my Lord's richer benison. Whoa! Yeah. Yeah, he learned it. Whenever I start feeling depressed and feeling like I'm the only one and I'm so alone and, oh, no, what if I'm depressed forever now? (laughs) 
whenever I start feeling like that, I go read Charles Spurgeon, what he wrote, and I go, okay, I'm in for something good. Number three, and here's the last point I want to make, and you'll need to read the rest on your own because we don't want to miss this testimony. Number three, anytime there is something loosed across the land, if the church does not live in the opposite spirit, we will be influenced by that spirit. The enemy has come in like a flood with these kind of feelings because he knows that we as women are armed and dangerous. God is raising up an army in this place and he is going, he is using this army and the enemy is scared. And so what does he do? He comes in with a tactic. He brings this flood of emotion And he says, I will carry away my women with this emotion. However, we are not ignorant of the enemy's schemes. We know what he's up to. We know how he's trying to take out this army. And we resist him in the name of Jesus. You are not alone. You can never be so isolated that God cannot find you. (laughs) You can never be so alone that he just, that he can't reach in and touch you. Oh, Marcy. I encourage you, read through this. Meditate. And then, if you need deliverance, if you need to get ask someone to help you to get rid of that evil spirit that is harassing you, humble yourself and ask. Go to Mary Lou and ask her to help you drive out the enemy. Mary Lou's done it for me. I went to see her. We pinpointed something that was harassing me and broke the power of it. Humble ourselves. We need help. And then we go forth as an army. And revival comes to this land in the name of Jesus. Marcy, come and help us. Clap for her while she comes. Do you want this stand? Will it make you feel safer? Yeah, hold on. Hold on. (laughs) Yeah, you can. Okay, stretch out your hand. Father, would would you bring the full weight 
of everything that you want through Marcy's testimony. Everything. Oh, God, every single particle, every bit. Thank you, Lord. Now anoint her. Thank you that you have. In Jesus' name, amen. I can talk up a storm, but not in front of a bunch of people. So <laughs> so um, I guess um, you can kind of call it a Damascus Road experience that I had. Um, I didn't grow up in any type of an environment with church or God or anything like that. We pretty much were just a family and dysfunctional. So um, as I started growing up in my life, it was just kind of dysfunction and bad choices, bad relationships and drugs and the whole scenario. So um, I just, um, I had always this thought, I believe in God, but I didn't need Jesus and I didn't need the church. So how wrong was I on that one, right? <laughs> and so I kind of went through my life in that manner of um, thinking that I had a relationship with God. So in my 20s, I um, I did Salvation Prayer through television to 700 Club and and I said it like every day because I had no idea what it was. And I cried every day as I was doing this and went about my life. And so I just kind of didn't really change my life. I just cried and prayed the prayer. And then um, probably I just moseyed on in my life and did my own thing. And, um, boy, I tell you, the paths that I t- chose were really pretty I'm glad I'm here to talk about, you know, and be able to share because I should have been taken out. And I didn't, and praise God for that. So um, um, I was in a relationship for like 13 years. I was living with somebody because I didn't want to get married because I didn't want to make a commitment. And so I just lived in this relationship with somebody. It was unhealthy. And, um, you know, sometimes God allows things to happen in your life because he wants to bring you to that place where it's like he's calling you. And so these things are just, it was pretty, it was pretty traumatic and it was really ugly. And, and, uh, I think that one night, all the hatred and the anger and everything that I had in me, the rage, it all came out and it was lashed out at my ex and it was lashed out. Just, it came out. So that night, um, I went to bed and, um, pretty angry, pretty, it was pretty ugly if I look back at it now. But now I can see, like, how God just was never letting me go. He was always, like, putting people in my life. There were people telling me about Jesus, and I'm like, okay, I don't want to hear about it because, you know, I have my relationship with God, and I don't need that. And then my mother, you know, and it's like, oh, my gosh, mother, okay, I'm not going to go to church with you because everybody's, like, really weird. And so, you know, I was one of those and uh, pretty, pretty, pretty rebellious and, and so, um, so that night, it was probably in the early morning, I had a dream. And in the dream, um, I was with my ex and my friend that was living with us. And we walked into this house. And I remember we walked, and they went one way, and I went into this room. And I saw this room off to the side. So I went into this room, and it was kind of like dark in there. And I remember that there was a table, and I sat down at, at the table, and across from me was this presence. It was like light, just like this presence. And I didn't think anything of it. I just remember just I can still visually see the presence, and it's been like, you know, 14 years. And 
he grabbed my hands and from across the table, and he just asked me the simple question. He says, what is it that you want? And I just said, I want to be forgiven. And in the most simplest answer, there's no whole scriptural dialogue. He just said, you're forgiven. So I just remember standing up, and I saw Jesus standing in the room. And I, again, it just didn't even affect me at that time. I just remember. So I walked out of the room, and I went to my friends and to my ex and my friend. And he, they said, what's wrong with you? And I'm all like, why? And they're like, you look different. And, again, it didn't even phase me at that time. So that morning I woke up, and I was like, okay, this was a crazy dream. So there was, like, something really crazy. So I called my friend, and she said, well, that was like the presence of the Lord. I'm like, all right, right, whatever, okay, you know, this is like, you know, whatever, you know. It's like, And so then I went into the kitchen, and my ex was standing there. And let me tell you, I hated him. I had so much hatred towards him. So I didn't even want to look at him that night because of everything that had happened. And so I was telling him about my dream, and then he said to me, he goes, he goes what's wrong with you? I'm like, Okay, here we go. He goes, I go, why? And he goes, well, you're looking at me. And I think it was at that moment that I spoke that out. It changed my whole life. And from that moment, it was almost like Saul to Paul. It was like, wow. And I'm telling you, when they say that scales fall from your eyes and you see brighter, I can vouch for that because it was like, wow. And so, but let me tell you. I understand now the God that I, that who God is, the God that I thought I was following, the one that was with Jesus and the one that wasn't in the church. What a forgiving father and the mercy that he had for me to bring me and to get my attention, to make himself so real to me because that's how he had to do it with me. Because I was, and so from that time on, I just, I fell in love with God. I fell in love with Jesus, and it wasn't all hunkadory, though, because I didn't realize he was going to do everything so quickly in my life. And, I mean, it was to the place of taking out people out of my life and taking out a job that I worked. I made a lot of money, and it was all about dependence on him within a year. And um, But through it all, one of the things that always spoke into my heart Whenever I would do something wrong, he would speak so softly but so loud and say, Mercy, you're forgiven. And in those forgiveness, I changed my life. It was because of that grace and his mercy that I changed all my life. I mean, he, I decided to change from rebellious, and I became to be a disciple. And I'll tell you, you know, the saying, there's a verse in Jesus Culture Song, and it says, that when you encounter the love of God, that you will never be the same. And how you know that you've encountered the love of God is because you are not the same. It, you are literally, and that is God's love. It changes your heart. So, yeah, so that's for my heart, it's always about the forgiveness. That's what changes us. Marcy, tell us really quickly what your ministries are. So I do inner healing. So I help people to find truth because we believe we are a society that believes a lot of lies, women especially. And men do too. Unfortunately, men struggle. It is 
the same as with a woman. And we reveal truth. And I also have been at Hosanna Home, which is a transition home for women, for 10 years. And every woman that comes in there, even though they've been to church, and they say they believe God, their lives, they don't, they believe the God like I believe. And so it's helping these women to transition, to understand truth, to know forgiveness, to know the love of God, which is what changes our hearts, is the love of God. So, and if God wants more ministries, come on, God. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) So, in the middle of the mess, (laughs) when it just, when you are just um, a mess. And all of a sudden, God breaks through. Marcy, you just gave great hope to many women about their husbands, their children. Because God, he will reach to the farthest star and the last grain of sand to save a person. Pastor Tamara, will you come to the... I started to say the phone, come to the phone, <laughs> come to the piano. <laughs> um, Prochi ministers, would you get ready to come forward? Because we should have a whole bunch of us who want prayer. So before, before we make that transition, I just, I want to ask Father if he will do what he did for Marcy for you <laughs> and just with him take, that he'll just take your hands like he took Marcy's hands and, and then as he asks you what you want <laughs> maybe you need to say to him I just want to be forgiven Maybe you want to say, I just want to be whole. I want to be free. And then may you hear the Lord say, you are forgiven. become so real to you that you want to be alone with him that you don't need anybody else in the room just him that you can hear him affirm you you can hear him tell you your purpose. (laughs) And you can hear him tell you who you are, really. And not be afraid.
thanks, Lord. Father, I ask that you will break the power of a suicide spirit. Father, in the name of Jesus, through the blood of Jesus, oh God, that that thing will be broken, its power will be as nothing. And that suicide spirit has to go to the cross, disarmed, powerless, in the name of Jesus. And now, Lord, would you just pour in your spirit of life? Life, live, my sisters, live. The life of God. May his life pour into you. Live. <laughs> and fulfill your purpose. In the name of Jesus. Thanks, Lord. <laughs> Is there anything else, Father? <laughs> Some of you need healing in your bodies. Come forward and have someone pray for you and get a new body. <laughs> Are you ready? You all ready? Okay. All right. Thank you, Lord. Make your face shine. Oh, God upon your daughters. Give them dreams and visions from you, oh God. Thank, thanks, Lord, that you will. Okay, come forward for prayer. And we'll see you next month or at Healing School Saturday. Okay, love you.